This is a download from BFM 89.9, the business station. Good morning. You're listening to Raise Your Game here on BFM 89.9. I'm Christine Wong and it is, of course, the first Monday of the month. And because of that, we are speaking to someone from Leaderonomics. So we all carry certain values and traits wherever we go. Uh, They shape who we are, what we stand for and where we want to be. And that sounds simple until we find ourselves in a conflict when we are dealing with other people who might have different values or who prioritize different values. Uh, Typically, this might happen in a workplace or business setting when we are in a mix of different people. So how exactly do we separate uh, personal values with professional values and how do we handle conflicting personal values in the workplace? So today from Leaderonomics, I have Kyril Izuan, Head of Government Client Engagement, uh, to provide three steps to resolve conflicts and personal values in the workplace. Why did you decide to cover this particular topic? The reason um, that I chose this topic is because, you know, um, with the whole pandemic and working from home that we've been all uh, got used to since March, right? So um, it, it, it's something that I, I personally feel very close to my heart. Um, well, there, there are a few reasons. One is because I can really resonate with uh, with the whole circumstances that we're facing right now, right? I'm I'm in my early thirties, going to mid thirties. You know, um, I have a job working in Leromics. I'm, I'm married with, with two small kids. They are, they are two and five. And, and for the past eight months, um, you know, most of us have been working remotely from home. And, and while working from home, right, um, it's always a challenge forever trying to find the balancing act of work um, while serving the kids, our families. And, and I, I realized that um, unfortunately, uh, you know, most people or some people out there, they've, they've uh, lost their jobs and, and, and big decisions were made. And I find it very scary uh, out there. And it, it made me wonder uh, on the conflicting decisions that most leaders, business owners and CEOs that had to make to ensure that, you know, we, we can survive and, and come out strong out of this uh, pandemic, pandemic chaos. Mm, so, right. yeah, so that's the reason why I thought perhaps I, w- I just want to share, you know, some of the, my experience um, uh, dealing with, you know, personal conflicts um, against when we are working in, in office and how does it uh, conflict with the uh, professional uh, values that we have out there. Right. So my next question, actually, uh, I'm really glad that you brought that up because my next question is essentially, you know, what exactly are examples of uh, personal values? Right. Okay. Thanks. Thanks for, for um, asking that great question, uh, Christine. So uh, if I were just going to start, right, you know, we, we all have different values from our personal values to our professional values, right? So our values actually comes from our roots and our upbringing. Growing up, we've been taught certain traits that controls our certain behaviors, right? So um, like, for example, a simple trait such as, you know, honesty and integrity. Mm-hmm. You know, if a kid learned that they can get away by, you know, lying or twisting the truth, uh, this, this small act will actually strengthen their inclination to not be truthful and will, will evidently shape their behavior. And hence, it will make them believe that, okay, they, they will put value in hiding the truth rather than being honest. Right. So they might, they might escape the, the pain now, but we might, know, we might not know in the future the consequences. It, it, you know, it, might, it, might, it might have a snowball effect and it might going to um, affect them in their career and even in, in their future. So basically what you're saying is that our personal values are sort of determined by, you know, what traits are being reinforced in our lives, right? 
Yes, correct. And and I would love to give you some example okay. um, um, from my, my four-year-old daughter. You know, you know, recently, because we've been all staying at home, we're not allowed to go out. Mm-hmm. Uh, I brought my, my two kids um, just to go to the mall and they, they were very excited because, you know, of, of such a long time, they have not gone out. Yeah. So I, I promised them, okay, you know what, um, you, you can pick one one toy. So we went uh, to, to a shop, you know, uh, and, and she and the brother, we kind of make an agreement lah, that they can uh, choose one, pick one toy so okay. after they were scouring a few aisles in the toy shop she managed to choose one of the Barbie dolls and and she actually informed me lah on her decision and, and same goes to her two-year-old brother um, but uh, however as, as we walked to the payment counter um, she she saw this inevitable um, Kinder Bueno egg I'm, uh, I'm not sure whether you are, you, you're oh, aware of this love those <laughs> <laughs> right, so same. The, you know, my, my kids love those, right? So it's actually a kid's favorite, but actually it's a parent's greatest fear and right. nightmare, because it, it it costs five ringgit. It's and just includes a small toy and, and a chocolate inside the egg. You know, it's a in uh, egg like container. Yeah. So um, she, she she so now that she knows that she had chosen her toy, right? So she cannot choose the the Kinder egg toy. But what, what what happened was that she she took the egg and she slipped it into the shopping cart and 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 this is very funny she whispered to a to a little brother she said that don't don't tell Abba or don't tell Aya <laughs> oh no and and I thought I thought it was very cute right seeing my oh, four year old daughter can be very sneaky in getting what she wants you know <laughs> yeah um I heard her whisper but I acted like nothing happened so I I thought so maybe she she kind of realized that I I didn't notice that so um, we we carry on and um at, when we were when I was about to to pay, I kind of just removed the toy and and then I addressed that straight away. And I spoke to her uh, of her behavior, and and she 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 was not angry or she was not mad. It's just that she she kind of understood that okay, this is not something that I can do. Right. Um. Because I mean, it's it's not it's not a big issue really. I could have just paid and quickly move on with our our plans, but. Uh, this is what I believe in. You know, in Lidromics as well, we have we have we're preaching a lot of values and leadership values, and and I believe in the in the long term consequences of of this small action, and it's absolutely need to be addressed, especially right. when they are young. Mm. So essentially, what you're talking about is, you know, personal values are sort of reinforced not only, I guess, by parents but other authority figures as people are growing up, and depending on what is encouraged and what is discouraged, that can really shape, you know, a massive difference in the way that people approach life. I suppose. Yes, uh, you're right, Christine. Mm-hmm. And and that's when, you know, they, they were small, they're in kindergarten, they go to school. But then what happened when, when they have grown into adulthood, they went to college and then mm-hmm. they, they um, got a first job and then they worked as an executive and climbed the corporate ladder, right? So if we've grown in adulthood, you know, these values will somehow um, somewhat be compromised, for the lack of a better word, because there are other things that might affect you know, decision-making, the, the behaviours. Okay. So imagine in the working environment, right? There are many decision-making framework that, you know, that helps us leaders to make objective information, to mitigate bias and to operate under time pressure. But but sometimes these frameworks tend to fall short when it comes to decision because it's very subjective information that we have and it may suggest conflicting causes of action. So hence, this is when the you find the conflicts of your own personal mm. values um, versus the professional values that we have. Yeah. Yeah, I guess, you know, as you get older, things aren't as black and white, right? Suddenly you start to see that there are a lot of shades of grey and it's it's a bit more complicated to make a decision on, on a, I guess, sort of a, a moral basis. Would you say that's, that sounds about right? Yeah, yeah, correct. Mm. So like um, uh, based on, on some study that we made in, in Harvard Business Review, um, there are quite, the subjective, they have about three, three subjective dimensions. 
in in order to make a sound um, decision uh, this these are the three mix that that um, i would like to to highlight so for example um, ethics um, it's not professional it might not be a personal values but it is a it based on some the context um, uh, that lying upon the principles on what is acceptable in our organization or you know in our society mm-hmm. and then we have the second one which is what the morals so uh, morals is like what is our own internal sense so what do we think that is right and what do we think that is wrong mm-hmm. which is which is some, somewhat similar with our values because it's been shaped by our upbringing our family our community right right and and lastly is actually the third dimension is the Role responsibilities is actually of understanding your own role that assists associate yourself in the organization itself. Mm. So what mm. you're saying is that those three things sort of, I guess, come into conflict with each other occasionally when we have to make decisions in the workplace, right? Correct, right. Mm-hmm. And and there are no there are no easy answers to this, and there's there's no shortcut. So so I'll give you an example. All right. I was I was reading you know uh, some some news recently that you know m- most. SME business owners, um, they might have, um, you know, because the, they don't have deep pockets and, and uh, you know, they might lose a lot of projects because of this COVID and the pandemic and, and they are bleeding cash. Mm-hmm. So what are the, what are the decision makings that most leaders and CEO needs to do? So let's say if the CEO is facing a decision to to or not to lay off the employees during this pandemic period, mm. right? Because they, there's a lot, of, a lot of project and they're building cash. So if we look at the lens of morality, um, the, the CEO might feel that taking away an individual's livelihood in such hard time would be against his his or her personal values. Right. Because you know, these are you know, people's rice bowl. And, and what's worse is that they, they can be the only breadwinner of the family. Mm-hmm. So in a, in a personal standpoint, this, this is unacceptable. But then when, when we look at ethics, when we look at, you know, what is acceptable in our organization, when we weigh the pros and cons of the stability of the company, the well-being uh, of the smaller number of individuals uh, against the potential risk of the entire organization, the, the CEO might believe that their role might required to protect the interests of the organization's key stakeholders for example you know the, the main shareholders the employees right so so this might also conclude that this job demand to lay off employees uh, to protect the majority of the organization mm. so so these are the the balancing act of the three things you know um, in see, seeing from the lens of you know ethical their moral views and also what are their role in the organization Right. So when it comes to conflicting personal values in the workplace, it may not even be conflicting with other people's personal values, but it's also, I guess, uh, weighing up, you know, do your personal values matter more in that moment or in that decision than, I suppose, your professional values or what is expected of you or what is better for like the bigger picture or the organization? Yes. Mm. Um, so these are all of the factors that one will need to be aware in terms of the decision making. And at and, and no point they are, they are right or wrong because everyone has their own personal values. Right. It's just that um, there will always going to be a different factor of input as we grow along. And it de- always depends on the context and the circumstances that going to influence the decision that's going to make. So that's why, you know, sometimes we, uh, I would always um, uh, like to, you know, uh, uh, read things to stay up to date on this 
ethical shifts mm-hmm. and really to understand what are the rationale behind the certain decision, what is the rationale behind uh, government's uh, decisions, the, the new policymakers, and and that's why I, I for, for me personally, I really love uh, to to go traveling and meet other people because that's when you are actually break out of your cocoon and your own comfort zone and to really understand what is the the underlying reason or, or you know what's the perspective that other people are doing things so that right. you know we are actually can broaden our horizon and to understand other people better totally agree with you also love traveling to kind of broaden uh, my mindset as well uh, we had to take yeah. a short break though for some messages but when we come back i will continue speaking to kyriel Izuan all about uh, how exactly to handle conflicting personal values in the workplace so do stay tuned to raise your game on bfm 89.9 banish feudal mentality bfm 89.9 the business station. This is Raise Your Game on BFM 89.9. It is the first Monday of the month. So joining me on the line is Kyril Izwan, Head of Government Client Engagement at Leaderonomics. And we're talking about three steps to resolve conflicts in personal values. Now, before the break, we just talked a little bit about how personal values are formed and also uh, an example of a situation in which your personal values may conflict with your professional values or your professional uh, obligations, I suppose. Now, I, I want I want to kind of focus um, now, since we've kind of defined that, on starting with that first step um, to to dealing with conflict uh, uh, in terms of personal values. So um, it says here that the first step is to clarify your current worldview. Can you tell me a bit more about what that means? Okay, so um, b- before I, I go into the first step, I'd just like to share, you know, um, my, my, my own personal experience. Um, uh, experience uh, when I first joined a company, my first job, right? So um, I was I was hired as a trainer in a call center. Right. Um, it's, it's, it's somewhat um, a, a task that I was not, um, I would say, uh, enjoy doing because, you know, I'm, I, I came off from a family that is uh, very, you know, I'm, I'm a very introvert person and, you know, presentation skills, speaking to public, you know, talking to people is always something that I, I try to avoid. Mm. Um, but, but life has its own way of, you know, uh, shaping things. And uh, that, that was my first job. And, and um, I, it, it got me some time to got used to that. And I was in charge of training um, the, the all, about 500, call center agents on their soft skill and also their product training and um, and I, I realized at the time that um, talking about professional values the department our training department at the time was um, very much on top-down approach whatever that the client and the boss says everyone will need to obey and, and no question asked mm. and it, it goes very well with me because my personal values um, coming from a family you know, we are always I'm always a family oriented person and, and we are very close-knit so whatever the parents say we are just obedient obedient and follow and I'm, I'm very a compliant person so so I, I was I was enjoying the, the, the work uh, training them for about a month then then that's the the conflict happens after that when you know um, when when something wrong uh, when something wrong happened um, with the other departments so for example uh, quality assurance that realized oh this this uh, agents uh, uh, are not competent in certain ways and they've given a wrong product information so a lot of the blaming games started to happen and then also during the training whenever we had a dropout with our training uh, the HR will also point their fingers to a training department and say hey, you know you are you are you're doing things this wrong and, and and a lot of 
blaming game happen which which then i realized um uh, in in working environment my personal values was was uh, just to do my job and to be obedient whatever that the, the command given by my boss mm-hmm. is actually conflicting uh, with my professional setting because at the time uh, my boss actually scolded me saying no Kyra what you should do is you need to you need to stand up and saying you know as long as you can justify why we're doing wrong and we can actually save our own uh, for we can save our own backs just because uh, as long as we justify and show that you know we are not wrong they are wrong and and that actually made me uh, reflect and ponder because it, it really put me in a very tight spot because mm-hmm. I thought here I am being obedient and, and you being compliant will, will help me in my career but then I realized being compliant and obedient without any standpoint and not knowing the reason I'm doing things will also put me in trouble. Right. So then it it leads me to to actually being very aware on uh, what is my own uh, current current worldview. So right. so then I I without judgment I, I actually ask myself. So so in these circumstances, how how do I actually want to be? perceived as a person and and what do I stand for and I need to know about what's what's my real purpose here in this department in in general what's my role in this uh, training department and what are my obligations and to whom do I hold them so so this sort of uh, clarity actually made me uh, uh, you know ask myself the the why question without actually judging myself right so essentially you know uh, in in that case of uh, your call center job, for example, your personal value of being obedient was clashing with uh, your professional obligation to sort of uh, take a stand and actually uh, take some initiative to discuss and communicate and, and even maybe confront uh, some of the other departments as well. Um, and so you just had to be aware of, I guess, the the demands being made of you in a professional capacity and how you had to uh, navigate your personal values to accommodate that, right? So so tell me a little bit about, you know, once you have, once you've kind of asked yourself these questions, and you've sort of gained at least um, the beginning of an awareness of yourself and and your pro- professional surroundings, right? So um, how do you then, um, I guess, you know, what's the next step uh, in making a decision when it comes to a conflict like this? Yeah, so um, once we have become aware of the situation, we also need to be understanding on our surroundings. And um, this is the, the first step is actually very cru- crucial because most of the time um, in the working environment, whenever conflict happens, it's either you are uh, fight or flight uh, or become defensive and, and takes this personal and start mm-hmm. to gossiping. And, and you know, it's, it's all downward spiral from there, you know. So... Um, and so when I say being understanding is that, you know, we, you know, knowing that um, working with other people that have different backgrounds, perhaps different upbringings, um, you know, colleagues are like our second family. We, mm-hmm. we kind of like spend more eight or 10 working hours with these people. They, you know, we spend more time with them as compared to we spend time at home with our kids because right. once we reach home, we're already tired and we went to sleep. So um, understanding uh, different perspective and understanding what 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 are the values that, that, that they actually hold um, is, is also very important because under, uh, being awareness but not understanding the other party um, is just going to come off prematurely. Right. So yeah. So that is is very crucial, right? And and once um, we have identified that, right, um, we will also need to find to develop a plan on on how do we actually 
communicate uh, you know, our standpoint and mm. the decision that was made, right? And uh, also to ask ourselves, um, will, will this will it be difficult to communicate these this decisions um, that, uh, in a way that reflects our own moral and ethics framework? And how can we uh, communicate in, uh, and to show our alternate perspective? So if this one way is, is wrong, perhaps there are different ways that we can approach this, mm-hmm. right? So it's natural to have uh, you know mixed emotions uh, when we are trying to communicate this. But as long as we have actually developed a plan to communicate this decision, um, then we can actually ex- execute it. Mm. So you know, taking for example the uh, the the men that uh, hypothetical right that you mentioned before the break of you know if a CEO has to uh, uh, lay off or or you know terminate one of their employees right you know t- take me to through that decision making process and sort of uh, how how the CEO may approach a decision like that. Okay, so um, coming back to the example of the CEO, right? So mm-hmm. after embracing that his you know, de- desire to experience both compassionate, we have to be compassionate, understanding, but also as a, to be savvy as a, as a CEO, right? We, right. Have to, we all have to be agile. Um, the CEO might recognize that there are some situations in the past that he might assert that one characteristics more than the other. So this reflection uh, is actually very important because it could lead him to actually conclude what actually the value that one of those traits uh, that he inclined to to do more uh, as compared to the other. Mm. And, and this could also lead him to conclude this past action that might have been inconsistent to his morals and ethics and and um, and, and and the future actions should align more closely uh, with this value so mm-hmm. by by examining the past the present uh, will definitely affect the, the future so these are all a pattern la. so that's why um, it's actually very important on the first step to actually to ask yourself and to reflect um, by not going into the emotional and, and self-doubt mm. Okay. And then so after that, you know, after you've you've come to a decision and and you have, I suppose, communicated that clearly to, you know, whoever is affected by that decision as well. You know, what is that third step in terms of, uh, uh, you know, reconciling your personal values with uh, your professional space? So the, the first step is actually the most <laughs> the most simplest one, but it's actually quite hard to make it a habit. Um, I, I like to conclude uh, with the third step. Um, you know, all of us we have we have gone through a lot, um, a lot of things. You know, with with um, with this COVID, and and as we are approaching the end of 20, the end of uh, year twenty twenty, uh, the best way is to actually to to take a step back and and to all engage in a very rigorous, um, you know, self-reflection. So when I say self-reflection, things that we can always ask ourselves is like, have have we been completely honest with ourselves, you know, um, in in, in the values that we hold? in, in, and what values do, that I give precedence to and and why and and who are the people that have been... uh, Become the expenses or, or, or consequences of the values that we have we have set, and and um, you know many decisions were made um, at the end of this year. Uh, we've gone through a lot, so the, the best is to how do we actually explore more of our own decision making framework and to see whether our personal values is aligned uh, with ourselves and 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 have we been performed fairly uh, in the 
professional values in our work setting um, because you know we, we need to better equip ourselves to make a lot of tough calls in the future and and our job requires of it and each decision um, that will help me and everyone to sh- to further sharpen our understanding of our underlying morals and the role that we're fulfilling and ethical context that we are all operating and and hopefully by having this awareness and these three steps it, we can just be in time to to make our next difficult choice uh, for, for next year. All right. Well, thank you very much, uh, Kyril, for speaking to me on uh, Raise Your Game today. That was, of course, Kyril Izuan, Head of Government Client Engagement at Leaderonomics here on Raise Your Game. If you've missed any of today's interview, you can download our app available on the Apple App Store or Google Play. You can also head over to our website, bfm.my, or you can listen to us on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. This has been Raise Your Game. I'm Christine Wong. You're listening to BFM 89.9. Thank you for listening to this podcast. To find more great interviews, go to bfm.my or find us on iTunes. BFM 89.9, The Business Station.